As change facilitators in this new virtual and hybrid world, we really need to think about the tools and approaches that we're using and are they fit for purpose for the work that we need to do? Back in the day, I used to run facilitations with 35 to 40 people in a room, sticky notes, chart paper, and really my own charisma and a wing and a prayer. We can't do that anymore because so many of our work environments are now virtual and hybrid. But that's a good thing. There are some opportunities that we can take advantage of here. There are some incredible tools and techniques that we can use, but we need to be intentional about how we are selecting and using them. I'm Natalia Loback, and this is the Change Course Podcast. I've spent my career leading complex change and transformation in organizations. And over my career, I've discovered what makes complex transformational change stick. Connected change is all about leading successful change within the context of the organization. And here at the Change Course Podcast, we're all about making change sustainable. So listen in, drop us a like, a comment, and let us know how we can help you connect and change. So like I mentioned, I really do think that this virtual hybrid world of change management that we're working in now is actually incredible. It's rich. There are so many opportunities that we can take advantage of. And there are so many ways that we can engage people in change that are different from how we used to do it. I actually really like doing virtual and hybrid change approaches or change projects. And so much of what I've been doing over the past three years is just that. It's been an incredible learning experience and I want to share some of that with you. In the last episode last week, I talked about how we need to think about building change facilitations differently in this new world. You can't just rely on putting the approach that you used to do in person and just taking it and putting it up online. It just doesn't work. We need to think about how we are engaging people through asynchronous means, synchronous when we're all in a virtual place and space together at the same time, and when we are then leaving that space and continuing to collaborate in different ways. So a few key baseline tools that you need to be thinking about are what is the platform that you're using for virtual meetings? And then how can that actually drive collaboration as well? So I know there's like a bunch of different ones out there, but we need to be thinking about what does the tool do and how are we using it? So something like a Zoom um, versus Microsoft Teams versus something like WebEx or BlueJeans or, you know, there's a bunch of different tools out there that do virtual meetings. So understanding what the tool is, what the limitations are, and how to use it are going to be really important. For example, if you're doing some kind of 
broadcast where you want everybody to be online at the same time. For example, if your change sponsor is doing a town hall, a virtual town hall, how does the organization do that now? What does that look like? Does it look more like a TV broadcast used to look um, where you've got people in some kind of a studio environment and there is a broadcast that is happening either on an internal channel or a YouTube or some other way um, that a broadcast is happening? Or is it that it looks more like a webinar or does it look more like a virtual meeting where you've got a couple people spotlighted? Definitely take a look and figure out what that looks like. When you're doing facilitation, you've got to keep in mind that you need two things to happen at the same time. You need people to be able to see each other in some way. So if that is a virtual meeting platform, you're looking at people being able to see and interact with others on the team at the same time. So that virtually facilitated face-to-face But you also need another space where collaboration can happen that isn't voice activated or voice oriented so that a person doesn't necessarily need to speak in order to provide feedback or be heard. So what I'm talking about is, is there a chat function? Is there a message board that you're using? Is there another place where you can pull up a document or you can pull up a visual image or you can pull up something that people can look at together in that virtual space? So what you really need to be thinking about is what does that face-to-face meeting type of thing offer? And then how can you shift attention to something that you are collaborating on? Whether that is a flip charting exercise, providing feedback, whether it's collaboration on a document or a discussion that is going to happen via a chat or a message board. So keep in mind that your tool is going to dictate how much of that data or information you're able to retain. Some of the virtual uh, collaboration or virtual meeting type of platforms don't allow to, you know, don't allow permanence of some of the discussions that happen. So keep that in mind. I typically like to use a hybrid approach. So I will have a meeting or like, you know, that virtual face-to-face happening on one platform. And then I'll ask um, the individuals who are on that platform to switch and move into something where they're collaborating and they can still see that people are there either via cursors or images um, that they can see that people are actually in and collaborating together on the document but they're not relying on that I see your face and I'm looking at you while we're doing this so a little bit of a hybrid approach keep in mind as well that you need to pick the tool that most closely helps to emulate the activity or the or the um, result or response that you're looking for. So if you need to do a flip charting exercise, you want to gather feedback, you want people to put stickies up onto a virtual board, use a tool that does that well. Don't try to use just a plain old whiteboard um, and, you know, and do it that way. I would suggest actually picking a tool that very closely 
emulates the process of that exercise, right? So for example, if you want people to think through how you are going to add uh, sticky notes to a flip chart, as an example, or you're going to create a workflow, your job as the change facilitator is to create that workflow in advance and think about how people are going to be responding to that. How do you want people to actually engage in that feedback? So for example, I've done this um, with a process. So instead of taking a process map in Visio and putting a Visio process map onto a visual whiteboard and saying, okay, I want you to add your comments. That's very difficult and the tool doesn't really work that way. So what I used was um, a flip charting tool that could have process stations and it had a very specific and succinct way for people to be able to add feedback to that. And the important thing was that you could actually continue to provide feedback after the meeting was done because it didn't disappear once the meeting was done. It existed in its own domain. It existed in its own place. And the collaboration on that particular piece was purpose driven. So for example, if you want people to give you feedback on a process, have them do it on a visual process as opposed to writing feedback in a message board or in a chat. That makes it very hard for you to consolidate and use that feedback going back. Um, so, you know, my real point here is pick the tool that most closely resembles the process of feedback and collaboration that you're trying to do in the meeting. Be very purpose-driven. Don't try to use a tool that is a mismatch for what you're doing. That's going to create confusion and be hard for people to use. You want to be able to very clearly understand the process that you want people to go through. You want to have that set up before you get to the meeting and you want to be very clear and help people understand and make it very easy for them to provide the feedback that they need to provide. So as a change manager, change facilitator, you've got to be thinking about these things very differently. What are you preparing before the facilitation? There's a lot more focus on design now than there was before. A lot more focus on preparation before you get into the actual facilitation. The other thing I want to mention is we used to rely a lot on um, verbal feedback and note-taking. Verbal feedback and note-taking, you know, was a way that I did a lot of, and I ran a lot of facilitations in the past that were in person. That's a lot harder to do in a virtual environment because you're also running the technology as the facilitator. So it's really hard to do two things at once. Sometimes I've had the benefit of an assistant. And I've got to say that in the last oh, 12 months, uh, things have drastically changed in this area to make it a lot easier for me. What I do now is I record all of the sessions. I don't bother taking notes. I either use a transcript program or I take the audio file from the meeting and I run it through AI to create a transcript of the meeting and also to give me a summary of what was said. So give me a summary of the feedback that was taken. Give me a summary of the feedback that was provided. Help me understand who provided what feedback. Um, there are some amazing tools that can do this for you today. Absolutely incredible. That actually saves time 
and saves resources on my end as the change facilitator. And also it just requires a little bit more for planning by you to be very clear about this to the participants in your facilitation. So be very clear about the fact that it's being recorded and why it's being recorded, what you're going to do with that record, how you're going to use that recorded information. Most uh, people are very open to that. Uh, I haven't had any trouble with it. And people are very understanding in terms of, you know, why you need to record it, why you need transcripts and what you're doing with those. So if you are having a discussion period in the meeting, you don't need to rely on taking notes unless you're really, really good and fast. As a facilitator, I like to listen because I like to ask questions and I like to really be engaged with what people are saying. And in order to do that, I can't also be taking notes at the same time. So I do rely on other tools to help me with that. There are so many more that are available now. I encourage you to look into that. So last thing that I wanted to mention in this episode, you know, and just as a summary, look at the tools that you're using. Make sure that your process and what you want to get out is designed well and that you're picking and using a tool that is going to support that. The last thing I want to talk about is asynchronous. So in the last episode, I mentioned you've got synchronous, you've got asynchronous. So when people are collaborating and providing feedback on their own time, you need to be thinking about that as you're designing the facilitations as well. So how are we doing this? Think about the tools that you're using. If you want people to provide feedback on a specific thing, choose the tool that closely aligns with that. I use flip charting tools. I use visual mind mapping tool. I use a whole bunch of different things for specific pieces of feedback, specific things that I want people to be engaged on. The other piece is thinking about how people are going to engage and collaborate asynchronously. So are you using a message board? For example, like Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Teams has great message board capability, also linking with documents and the SharePoint, um, the files that maybe you want people to look at or collaborate on. Message boards are fantastic, but it can sometimes turn into one-way communication where the change manager is posting and asking questions, um, you know, putting things up. And then you're seeing people come in and actually look and provide feedback, but they don't always engage in the messaging. And that's okay. Just be aware of that and pick what you need um, to actually serve the purpose that you are serving. I've also seen some really cool things happen on Slack as a, you know, a Slack channel. Um, You know, I've also seen really cool things happening on other modes of messaging, So keep that in mind as you are moving forward. You want to be able to reach out and connect with people. You want to be able to do so in a way that makes sense for them. I mean, some of these projects actually have relied on email in some cases, which I know seems very archaic, but if you have a very task-oriented culture or task-oriented project, email can be very effective, Um, you know, providing a communication that is succinct, providing links, asking for feedback by a certain time, building in reminders, building in to-dos. There's some significant capability that works in that environment. So I wouldn't discount it. 
I would just not rely on that mode for discussion. You don't want to be doing that in email. That's just terrible. Don't discuss. Um, Use it for things like tasks, reminders, to-do lists, links, that kind of stuff. But you can probably do a lot of that in messaging. You can probably do a lot of that in your collaboration tools that exist. So if you don't have collaboration tools in your organization, and I'm, you know, I cannot even think of organizations that wouldn't have that at this point. There may be some out there, but definitely build that into your change approach and what you need to make it successful. So in summary, really important to be thinking about planning and design for your facilitations, thinking about the results, thinking about how people are going to interact, what the pathway is for that participant, what that experience is for them that is going to drive the results and the engagement that you are looking for. So that's where I'm going to end the episode today. But in the next episode, I'm going to talk about how your role as the facilitator and your demeanor as a facilitator has really changed in this new virtual world. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, I invite you to like, share, rate, and subscribe because it helps others find us. Change Course is brought to you by Chart House Advisory Services and ConnectedChange.com. Our music is Levity by Emily Clausen. Show notes have moved. We're now at ConnectedChange.com. So visit us there under the Change Course podcast page, and you'll find a list of all the resources that I've mentioned here today. While you're visiting us, sign up for the Change Navigator newsletter. You'll keep on top of all things change, and every month we are sharing exclusive content and resources only with our subscribers. So don't miss out. Sign up at connectedchange.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's never too late to change course.